This is the Mobile Fanatics toss-up for the week of October 11, 2010. As always, I'm the host, Kyron John, and joining me... Mike Macias, uh, editor-in-chief at themobilefanatics.com. And Simon, I'm a junior writer at themobilefanatics.com <laughs> and mymofanatics.com. And our special guest this week is none other than... Ricky Cadden, uh, formerly at SymbianGuru.com, now at RickyCadden.com. I'm uh, very pleased to have uh, Ricky joining us today. I almost called you the Guru, but uh, no, it's Ricky. Yeah. Just Ricky. I still sometimes call myself the Guru, so that would have been okay. <laughs> I'll always, I must always you be the Guru. Ricky Caden. <laughs> yeah, you've been listening to that other podcast a little bit too much. So we're back. Whether you like it or not, we are back for a second episode. We uh, do appreciate all the feedback that we've gotten from episode one. And today's episode is brought to you by the number seven, Windows Phone 7 debuted. <laughs> and seven, every device has the number seven in it. And uh, it's pretty lame because what happens when they make more devices? Oh, see, I like that. Really? Yeah, I thought it was kind of a good idea. By just hearing the name, you automatically know what system... I mean, because... It kind of helps brand them, I think. I don't know. I think, I think it helps brand them a bit, but some of them are really corny. Like the HTC 7 Pro. Yeah, a lot of them are stupid, but I don't know. I liked the idea of them all having the 7 mil. Did even the, Mo- did the Mozart have a 7 in front of it? It, it yeah. probably will by the time it hits the market. It did, it did actually. It's, oh, uh, wow. H- I think it's HTC 7 Mozart. Mozart 7th century? But um, the, my only problem is that when HTC makes another... 7 Pro, you know they're going to call it the HTC 7 Pro 2. You know you know it's coming. <laughs> and then the uh, the HD 7 Pro HD 7. 4G. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we did get some really great topics from our listeners from last week. Um, so the first one we're going to go into is from Mac Dia, and he'd like to hear some opinions on OV Maps and how it compares to Google Maps. And he also wants to know why the N900 doesn't have either, really, and is it lacking because of no turn-by-turn voice navigation. So, Simon, N900's your baby. I'm going to ask you about... uh, Let's start with the tail end of that question. Is it really lacking? Is it really behind? Um, I think it's it's behind a bit because the only other solution is Sigic Maps, and that costs... I think it's sixty dollars, roughly. Yeah. And, uh, is that a one-time fee or is that an annual? It's a one-time. That, it's it's a one-time fee. You get uh, you get full maps for your I guess for your area, geographical area or whatever, and you get updates as well. But it's well, the newest version they have out is is a little bit buggy. Um, and when they first launched, they had issues getting into the OV store. And they had issues with uh, localization. They only had a couple maps available, like Asia and uh, some other smaller places, I guess. So it wasn't as useful when it first came out because they didn't cover a large area. Yeah, they really they really were lacking in the maps. And I believe, what did we do, Simon? We took the maps from Android uh, and kind yeah, of packed I actually, together. Yeah, I had to extract it on Android uh, APK a Canada map, and then unlock it from my from my phone to get it to work with with uh, with the mapping application from the, the, the Sigic the Sigic application. Yeah, crazy. 
Yeah, in case any of our listeners didn't know, um, Simon is the resident mad scientist of the Mobile Fanatics, so <laughs> just keep that in mind. And it's actually, it is 70 euros for um, Sidechuck Mobile Maps. Wow. Yeah. So That's, so almost, how, that's almost I mean, $100. How would that compare to, to OB Maps on, on Symbian right now? Um, really, personally, I really enjoy using OB Maps on my N900. Even without navigation, I think it works really well. Um, it's a, I, I, I'm alone in this thinking, but it, it's better than the version that's available for Symbian. Just using it is much more enjoyable for a touch, a touch platform anyway. It probably works faster than the N97 version did, just because the N900 is more powerful. Yes, it, it, it really does work much faster. Like It's a lot smoother. Um, like I haven't seen it on Symbian three yet, but um, it's really it's really smooth, and the the navigation it gives you is much much better. And point of interest search, it's really improved, and it's improved on Symbian as well. But it's well, it's much improved on the N nine hundred when I got it. So uh, yeah. Ricky Ricky has probably a better idea because Android has. The Google Maps. With, yeah, and I was, uh, I, was just about, I was just about to ask him when, um, as for the how OB Maps and Google Maps compare, I was just about to ask Ricky his experience with Google Maps with navigation on uh, Android. I really and truly, it's kind of a wash. Um, OB Maps voice options are, even if you don't record your own and do the whole own voice thing, the actual built-in voices are awesome. The built-in voice, you don't really have any options with Android, um, and it's terrible. It's I usually turn it off. It's that bad. Um, But when I search for stuff, it actually finds it, which was a big issue that I had with OV Maps on my N97. Um, When I had that was, you know, I would search for Sam's Club, for instance, in Fort Worth, and I know for a fact there's about 16 of them, and it would only show two. And these aren't new, you know, new business and stuff, so their point of interest and stuff was a really big factor for me. Um, because, you know, even for things that I didn't know how many were around, how do I know that it's showing me the right one? You know what I mean? It didn't instill a whole lot of confidence in me for when I really needed it to be able to rely on it. Um, but I did prefer, on Symbian specifically, I definitely prefer OV Maps over Google Maps. Um, but on Android, I, I do kind of miss OV Maps. Um, and I feel like they're doing more with it, whereas um, Google seems pretty content with just leaving it as a generic mapping. You know, I don't, I don't see them adding a whole lot of extra additions to it, whereas Symbian seems like they're really focusing on it. Um, in fact, I, I constantly joke that at any given Nokia event, OV Maps is going to be updated. It's kind of a, a slam dunk prediction. Yeah, we, we I saw that in your predictions for uh, Nokia World, and I was like, yeah, you know what? He's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. You know, they always update it. They're constantly giving it attention. It's definitely a plus. Like, I don't want it to seem like that's a negative. Um, no, there's one thing that, you know, I, I definitely like. That's the one service that they provide, like the one app that they've built, and I've said, I kind of still have faith in them as a services company. And the way it runs on the N8 is is amazing compared to... Is it? Yeah, it just, it's smooth. Simon Simon got a feel for it on the E7 and the N8. Um, you know, you, you could pinch the zoom, which I personally don't like doing, but it, you still have the option to push the minus sign or the plus sign to zoom in and out, and it's really fast. It's I'm used to using Google Maps on, on my Symbian phones just because it's so fast if I'm using 3G, and 
it's just as fast in the new OV maps on the N8. You don't preload your maps, uh, Mike? Um, yeah, you know, I do. But even when I did on my N97, even though they were preloaded, it would still be laggy and slow. And yeah, I, 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 yeah, I know what he means. Back back when I used to use, I guess, a Symbian device, uh, normally for quick lookups, I would always toss open Google Maps just because it's so, it just, it feels so much more lightweight and just faster at, at, at getting what you want. Hmm. Yeah, the um, the on-screen uh, display when you're in an active navigation, like when it's telling you how to get somewhere, um, is also way better on Symbian and OV Maps um, than it is on on Google Maps. On uh, on like my Nexus One, um, there's not as much information shown, so you don't get the uh, you don't get like the speed warning or which you don't really heed, but it's kind of cool to see anyways. Um, and just a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's shown, OV Maps does a much better job of uh, of showing you useful information than uh, than Google Maps on Android does for sure. Interesting. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be really surprised to hear that because um, the general consensus is that Android does everything better than Symbian. And while we know that's not true, that's pretty much been the general consensus. And like this is like maybe the first time I've actually heard someone break it down and say why it's not better. Um, even though I, I believe a website did a breakdown of all the free navigation options there are on phones. And I think Google Maps came out number one, and OV Maps was like number two, close near a near number two, almost tied, almost tied, but it was like a near number two. And I thought, okay, that seems kind of weird, but all right. Um, I, no, thought, I thought the fact that it just has navigation in like 150 countries is would put it over the top, but hmm. yeah, I yeah, mean, but you're really only going to use maybe four of those. Yeah, that's true. I mean, any given yeah. user. I think it also has to do with just like the, the complete integration that it, that it has with Android. Yeah. While we're missing some of that like contact search or, or things like that in in the Symbian Audio Maps. Right. And they are getting they are getting better with that. They are getting to the point where they're saying, well, Maps should probably be built into the OS. And when I look up a contact or I look up a location in my calendar, I should be able to Obi Maps should pop open and I should see it there. Or a, a text message with the address. Yeah, like I think the whole check-in thing, it will work pretty well if you can see your contact check-ins um, from your contact application. Like say I have Mike in my in my phone book on my N8 and he uses OV Maps to check in somewhere. I should be able to see his check-ins and I should be able to like click on it and I can see his, him on the map maybe. Yeah, and then maybe get like a routing or yeah. quick directions on at to his location just like the app that we're not going to name on the review. we don't want anything else pilfered from uh, our conversations in public forums yeah. <laughs> as for navigate as for google maps and obi maps um you got the verdict right there um the guru says obi maps is better <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of the few, few, few OV services that I miss. <laughs> okay, only yeah. because it actually worked. When it, when it, when it, when OV Maps can actually find where it is that you're looking for, it's hands down the best. Yeah. But uh, you do have to have that caveat. But that's enough Nokia stuff for a moment. <laughs> um, Simon wants to discuss HTCSense.com. I do, and I think it's great. Ricky, what, you don't like it. Ricky, what do you think? 
Uh, I have. I'm actually pulling it up right now so I can see what all it offers. I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the uh, announcement. It's um, it's got a lot of nice stuff on there. Like you could um, manage all your text messages. You could manage your contacts. You could remote lock and wipe your phone. You can locate. You can, you can locate your phone if you lose it. Um, you can make it ring even if it's on silent, even if it's off. You can make it ring at maximum volume. Um, and you, that's has, definitely a cool feature. Yeah. That's worth it right there, just for that. Yeah, it has like find it has like find my phone um, GPS capabilities and stuff like that. I think like the whole remote wiping thing, the whole remote locking and all that stuff, that's cool. And the find my phone feature is nice if you want to play detective. But the reason why I don't like it personally is because my girlfriend has enough ways to find me already. I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to give. <laughs> But no, seriously, um, some of the features are good, but I just don't think that they needed to. I, I really worry about when they provide so much hoopla around such basic stuff that you should have. Yeah, but it's it's such a good addition that that it, it was available before back in the day, like the Windows Mobile day, but it was never one single service that you could get from one provider or right. your own provider and that's HTC. Mm-hmm, that's really well that's one problem i have with it the second problem i have with it is HTC has made this and it owned the i'm if i'm not sure it only works on devices with sense right right and sure right now the newer it version of sense too so it only yeah. works right now on the the new uh, desire hd and the desire z okay that ends up being a problem with the whole Android fragmentation thing, where some devices have UI skins, some of them don't. Some run different versions. Some run this. Some run that. Like, it would be. Nice. I don't know if you blame HTC for that, though. No, 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 no. That's not HTC's problem, but it, not entirely their problem, because cool. some of like I mean, they made it the Desire, the Desire Z, and HD two. And they both run different versions. Like one runs Sense, one doesn't. So, so my brother has the Evo. He just got it the other day. We were trying to set this up, and I couldn't figure out how to get it working. Is that why? Because it it only it only works for the new version of uh, Sense. So Sense two point Which I, I believe their more high end devices like the Evo will probably be updated for this. Okay. Uh, I don't remember from the official announcement, but. Um, I don't. I don't remember if they said anything about it, but I, it would only make sense that they, they'd update them. But like, yeah, in, I mean, in the case of the Desire Z and the, the G two, you have two phones that are pretty much the same besides frequencies. Except, well, now this one, this worldwide one, and this one in Canada runs Sense, and they can use all this fancy HTC Sense stuff. Then you have the G two, and then people are praising it because it's true Android and it has no skin. Well, like it, it seemingly doesn't have any kind of UI skin. So it's like, well, it would be nice if this was a feature of Android rather than something that HTC is cooking up for some of their own devices. And that's yeah, my so that's my big problem with it. Like, I mean, well, these are features. That and really probably- and truly, to be honest, most of these features are already baked into Android, like the context sync and edit, the uh, messaging. Um, I mean, the only thing that was really missing is, like you said, the find your phone and that sort of thing. But that's, I mean, that's pretty simple for Google to build into, you know, even Gmail or something, which seems to be kind of their hub, so so to speak. Our next topic, I think this one was inspired directly by uh, Ricky. 
Yes. This was a hardware app, services, and etc. that Nokia introduced years ago and seemingly abandoned, and it's becoming, it's coming back into relevancy now. Um, so we got some examples. There's a long list of stuff that uh, have been in Nokia phones for years. And they sit on it for a couple years, or they don't do anything with it, and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and does it properly. It becomes major. So, Ricky, I'm going to let you run with this one. Throw out, throw out a couple things that you remember Nokia coming up with first, and then we're going to we're gonna discuss some of them. The, the number one thing that gets me every time, and I use it constantly on my Nexus One, and it's crazy to me that I that newer Nokia phones don't come with, is the barcode scanner. And I'm not talking about, like, the barcodes that you see on, like, a gallon of milk or whatever. I'm talking about the little QD or 2D barcodes that are, you know, you only see online, and, and some, some advertisers are starting to use them, but not really so much. Um, and you just scan it with your phone, and it takes you to either, like, a link. Uh, specifically in the Android community, um, it's usually used for links to apps because you can have a certain uh, URL that, that tells the market on the phone to launch itself and search for a certain keyword. So if you just developed an app, you can send users directly to your app on the market on their phone. And it's awesome. And uh, apparently iPhone users use it as well. It's got quite a few uses there. Blackberry users use this it a lot. Huge. Do what? Blackberry users use it a lot. Um, most of my friends have Blackberries, and when you want to add a contact on BBM, you just yeah. just pull up this QR barcode on your screen, and the other person scans it and just adds them as a contact. Which is that's which only is, come in on, on BBM five though. Yes, I know. Which that's, is pretty new, new recent. So. That's a few months old. And I mean, Blackberry yeah. Blackberry users are the weird type of people that always com- they update everything right away, and then they complain about it after. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, so that. Um, the full Bluetooth profiles, um, even now, my Nexus One out of the box does not support Bluetooth keyboards and mice, uh, which, you, I mean, a mouse you probably would never use with a phone, but the keyboard is, I mean, even five five years ago, uh, Nokia had a Bluetooth keyboard. It was the SU-8W, uh, SU-8W, and it connected with your phone, so you could use the little bitty phone with a full, well, it wasn't a full keyboard, but it was about, a, about like a netbook keyboard. Um, and full-on Bluetooth support, even, you know, even the iPhone, for instance, you can't transfer uh, data, like files and stuff like that. Uh, again, that's the same thing. There's actual, you have to actually download a specific app to be able to transfer files between two devices. Uh, and, you know, even, you can go buy the cheapest Nokia that has Bluetooth on it, and that's going to have that on there. Um, so that, the front-facing cameras, well, you know what? Now I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna stop you for a second, Ricky. It's funny that you say that you can pick up the cheapest Nokia and transfer files by Bluetooth because the N900 can't. At least, really? it, at least it couldn't the last time I tried. Um, say what now? I, I <laughs> believe before the last time I tried it was before PR 1.2, and it couldn't transfer files over Bluetooth. I'm almost 100% almost. I'm going to say I'm 99% sure that the N900 has always had, uh, I think it's called OBAX FTP, and I'm pretty sure it's always had that functionality. I, I don't know, because I opened up. Are you just talking about basic MP3s? Well, I just tried, yeah, I tried to uh, send a file to a friend of mine. It was a ringtone, and he's like, oh, I want that. So I tried to send it by Bluetooth, opened up File Manager, went to go find an option to send the file, and there was no option to send it. None. 
Sorry. Okay, I know what you're talking about. There, it, it's part of it was part of the stack, but it needed to be enabled. Okay, I know I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So only mad only mad scientists like Simon could send files by Bluetooth on the N900, but regular folks like us, we can't. <laughs> so that's that's just the point I wanted to make. And right now, Simon is probably tinkering with his N900 and trying to figure out how he can tell <laughs> how to send files over Bluetooth. It's it there is. now. It is. It is there for from uh, ever since uh, PR one point two. It has been in there. You can send directly from uh, from the file manager. You just share, and then you know what I'm talking about when you go to share, yes, yes. Like share an image or something. It's like yeah. it's kind of like it it's kind of like Pixel Pipe. Yes, it's there now. It wasn't there, uh, so I guess I'll call it even. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think this conversation has. Um, more meaning to people here in the United States because obviously we were far behind yes. a few years ago yes, that in terms is, that of smartphones. Is, so true. Nokia wasn't really interested in advertising something like Bluetooth transfers in Europe because everybody already knew it was there and was used to it. But Same with China. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all knew it was there when we had our N95s or you want to go all the way back to the N73. You know, oh, but um, That's before my time. <laughs> That's an awesome, awesome phone. That, see, that was my first phone. See, Mike, from, Mike uh, and Ricky are going to geek out right now, but this is like <laughs> way before my Nokia time. I think when that, I, I actually uh, had two N73s. I had the white and mocha version, which was insanely hard to find. And then I had the, I think they called it the Music Edition. or I don't, Yeah, I, I had the Music Edition as well. This Nokia nostalgia moment is brought to you by the number seven. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, front-facing cameras. This one, this one burns me a little bit because front-facing cameras have been on Nokia phones since the beginning of time, and and they've only ever been useful for sending video messages to friends. Well, that, that's only that's only true in the U.S. Yeah, we've had we've had full we've had full video full full video calling for a couple a few years now, and it's just dependent on the carrier. I've never actually used it other than testing. Like, I've never had anyone call me on a video call. I've never tried to call somebody on a video call. But it's nice to know that it was there and my carrier supported it. Um, it was expensive as hell. Um, Simon, 25 cents a minute? 50 cents a minute? Yeah, some, something ridiculous like and that. And there was no video calling plans. There was nothing that said unlimited video calling after nine or anything like that. Like, and it, and it, it it chewed your minutes to your regular voice airtime. Yes, that's also that's right. So a video call, a ten minute video call, take ch- takes ten minutes out of your daily airtime if it's before your unlimited evenings or weekend start. So when um when you use FaceTime, doesn't it go through Apple's Apple servers or is it something that AT and T is handling? It is Wi Fi only, so it goes through Apple servers. It has nothing to do with AT and T. Um, so what? What about when they go ahead and launch it as a three G? It'll probably it, it'll probably use three G data to connect to Apple servers. <laughs> when you when you initiate a call, though, it, it's handed off to Wi Fi. It goes like it hits AT and T switches. Oh yeah, it's just a contact. In order, just in a order contact to get a number. That contact yeah. person's phone. But it does. So you could you could say then that Nokia missed the boat with that um, uh, in not in not making something like since had video calling all these years. No, not really, not really necessarily because I mean, what FaceTime isn't really that popular. Well, I mean, it will be. It's, I mean, I it's just I actually don't. I actually don't think so. 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so either. I don't think it's going to get any more traction than regular video calls because I think once they make three G enabled and you're able to use it anywhere, I think it's going to gain a lot of traction. Oh, well, you know what? We've had that. We've had video calls everywhere for. Yeah, we've had it for well, three years at least. Three or four years now. Yeah, but it wasn't affordable. Well, even then, even just the fact that people can use it, like I mean, FaceTime's not affordable. You had to buy a seven hundred dollar phone to use it. Like I, I think just the fact that like it can be done and so on. Like I mean, is AT and T going to make FaceTime affordable when it uses data? You know, they don't like using anything that uses data. That's, that's true. It'll it'll get that it'll, two it'll, gigabyte it'll, data max really fast. And the thing about it is, I don't think Apple's ever going to make it something that works over three G or four G or has to rely on the carriers at all because people ask why do they make it Wi-Fi only because well if you're using Wi-Fi they can pretty much guarantee that it'll be smooth and the quality will be high and it won't fuck up <laughs> pardon my French come to my place and try it on Wi-Fi <laughs> <laughs> yeah if anyone doesn't already know Simon gets like uh, edge speeds on his home Wi-Fi because he lives out in I the can't even hold, hold a Skype conversation properly <laughs> <laughs> yes we know <laughs> Um, moving on, I would have liked to see OB files done right. I think it oh. was a good. I think it was a good idea, oh. but I don't think it was implemented right at all. You brought up OB. They had so much potential with that, and that was completely, completely wasted. You know how many times I used OB files, and it saved me in a jam, like all the time, at least time. once a week. Yeah, and it was just like at just least. the fact I could just log in on any computer I am and download something, like even not even jams, but just for like regular stuff like yeah. if somebody wanted a cd from me or something or they wanted like oh did you remember to burn that cd for me i'm like no but i can just download it to your computer right now yeah just knowing that it's there like if i'm in a rush leaving the house and like i'm gonna need this file should i jump on the computer and transfer it no i'll get it later you know yeah but they just they just didn't promote it right they didn't I don't even think it, it wasn't i don't even think it was a problem with promotion i think they just stopped improving it well, it wasn't. Well, it was. They were charging for a while. You know, that's. Yeah. They. You don't charge for something like that. Yeah, they were really charging a lot for that for a long time. Well, they yeah, weren't but, charging for the whole service. No, they, they left your computer on. It was free. Yes, that's right. They only. It only off, cost off. if you wanted to keep the quote unquote anytime files. Yeah. That's uh, right. The big the big miss that I thought was that you could never really use it from your phone. Uh, they had the mobile site, which, you know, kind of worked. It never saved your login information. Nothing. Uh, you had to log in every time, which is a huge pain. And you couldn't actually easily upload files from your phone to OV files. It was always more of a service for you to be able to download to your phone. That's right. Which was great at the time, but then when you started having, you know, Dropbox and all these other services like that, then you were like, oh, man, how cool would it be if I could just upload from my phone and yeah. get it on my computer? You know, and they never made the, the, the two-way street there. And I think, to me, that was the biggest – that was where it really fell off. If they had got, um, I think if they had gotten Pixel Pipe to make an OV Files pipe, I think that would have really given it a kick in the pants. Yeah, just just, just kind of having that kind of uh, – because, I mean, Pixel Pipe might as well be built into Nokia phones. Um, they totally need to just put that. Yes, like, I agree. It should be built into every phone. Yeah, it really. Sh it should be built into every phone. Like, but absolutely. That was one of the first things I install on anything. That's the, it. Is the first thing I install on anything. Um, if it's available, I will install it. Like it's really. But yeah, you're right about the whole. Um, 
two-way street thing. Like you never really think about it, but yeah, you really can't get anything onto from from your phone to your OV files or to your computer. It was always like I need to consume something that's on my computer. Yeah, and it would have been nice just to have a, a basic application that looked like a file manager. You know, where you could just tap it and your files are there, kind of like a Dropbox. I kind of had a problem with the fact that the um, the mobile the mobile site actually was better designed than the real website. Um, it was kind of painful to use the real website. Um, if you were had like if you had a folder that had a lot of subfolders or a lot of files in it, I think you're only able to look at thirty at a time. Yeah, it was no, it was pretty bad, especially it. using Internet Explorer six. Yeah, oh my god, it it was a disaster. Because I mean, I have like over seven hundred and fifty gigs of music on my computer, and if I'm looking for an album, it, it would take what? a single page. Oh my god! Yeah, I have a lot of music. I hope it's uh, well organized. Very well organized, and it's not not with iTunes. I remember Ricky used to say he had a lot of music. Yeah, I don't have crap compared to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about one hundred and twenty gigs is a lot. Jesus. Yeah, because uh, Ricky is always trying to rate every single song that he has, and I'm, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even attempt to do that. <laughs> I, I couldn't even rate every song from certain artists that are on my computer. So I, I, I do sympathize with you when you try to say when well, you're trying to organize your music or rate your music, but um, what's next? App Store? Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I actually got a question for, for you, Ricky, before we get off this topic of music. Does Android have a way to automatically scrubble songs from the built-in player to Last.fm? Yes. If you have the Last.fm app installed, um, it will automatically, when you launch the built-in music player on Android, it will automatically launch Last.fm in the background, kind of like it does on your computer, and it will scrubble everything. You can actually, if you have the Last.fm widget, on your home screen or one of your home screens, you can even love tracks that are being played in the default music player. Um, it's kind of it's kind of weird. You have to use the widget for that. If you just launch Last.fm, which you can, um, for whatever reason, you can actually it'll show you, you know, information about the band and all that kind of stuff. But you can't actually love the track from within the app. You have to use the widget, which I always thought was a little weird. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> I still miss Mobbler a lot. You know what? Since Simon's given me that N97 Mini uh, about a month ago, and I still have, I still haven't installed <laughs> um, Mobbler. Oh, I, I Mobbler and Pixel Pipe are must-haves. Yeah, I know. I know that would make Ricky mad because, like, I mean, we spent months, maybe a whole year, arguing about Mobbler. Because he said he loved it. He said it was the greatest app ever. And I said, no, it's ugly. <laughs> well, it used to be really ugly. And they redesigned the icons finally, so it looked good. It looks really nice It now. looks really nice now. And but, as soon as they redesigned it, I started using it. I started loving it. It's the whole reason I use last <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, been... I'm a function over fashion guy, but I draw the line somewhere. And that line was... <laughs> They, they even admitted publicly that they had drawn the icons themselves in paint. Yes. I, I, you kind of have to give them a little leeway. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, Photoshop demos are free. <laughs> you know what? If I'm not mistaken, Mobler isn't working right with the N8 yet. Uh, yeah, they're working on that. They're supposed to get some, some uh, test units. 
can't that that's, should give those. Yeah, that should have been done a long time ago, I think. Waiting okay. to get test units. Yeah, that's what I mean. Nokia should have had that covered. No, like oh, back, in, back in May they were saying that it didn't work right for the N8. They said that a while ago. I'm surprised it's not fixed yet. Yeah. That's they, a chance fails what that is. Big time. That should have been available in the OV store when the N8 shipped a few days ago. I think that's the first time we've had a chance to fail on the uh, toss-up. <laughs> 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 let's, uh, let's go to the biggie of uh, things that Nokia came up with that... Uh, didn't work too well for them. App stores. That was a well, pretty big one because people don't remember that they had a couple app stores. That's that's a stretch though. Yeah. Okay. They weren't really app stores, but like app no, the, they were horrendous. Like I mean, it was a way to get apps on your device without having to use a PC. There you go. I'll, I'll give you that. It was it like it was kind of an app store, but yeah. Yeah, it was it was like a, un, a unified location to get content, you know, wallpapers and sounds, ringtones. How mosh are you talking about download exclamation mark? We're talking about I'm, gonna, I'm talking about Mosh. Mosh, well, mosh, was, mosh, mosh was Mosh was cool, but it was like really, really cluttered. Yeah, it was a sea that you had to wade through to get Yeah, to find anything decent stuff. Yeah. yeah. Download was wow. Download was terrible. Oh, download you wanted to like because it had the red idea, but it was a constant constant just, Awful. <laughs> it was. It was I well, the content, the content was there was horrible. They always had like one or two, one or two companies that wanted to charge like five dollars for a game. That was. I think the really only crap. thing that was in download that you that I actually ever downloaded was Worldmate. Yeah. Like I think that was pretty much the only useful thing that you could really go into in there and get. Like maybe like a PDF reader, and I think at one point they had Opera Mini in there. But yeah, like I mean, yeah, I didn't often download things through. Well, you didn't want to wait ten minutes for the list of stuff to load before you could actually go through there and look for anything. That's no, I, per- personally, I miss the old, the way we used to do it, where we would just go to the developer's website, click the sys link, and download it. You know, I mean, or did you? I still have folders on my computer. I started making folders of all the sys files. I still have. And I would just all my drop them onto a folder on my memory card and go to town that way. And Simon, you don't have to say anything because we know you have sysfiles and all of this. I got sysfiles and everything, stuff that I don't even use. See? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I ba- I've backed up the whole internet. <laughs> we need to make a database and just put them all up there and I think it might might make a comeback. We'll, OB then, Store will then, definitely fail. Then we'll be pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we really don't want to be the um the guys who ruined OV Store, Mike. <laughs> I won't be going to Nokia, Nokia World next year. <laughs> <laughs> what else was there? Um, you mentioned phone tripods, and I didn't know this was actually taking off, or anyone had bothered to make a phone tripod ever again. It's really not. There was a there's a single. That's actually what brought the whole thing on. Uh, there's a tripod adapter for the iPhone 4 now. That um, It's kind of like a little slot that you kind of fit the phone into, mm-hmm. and it has the standard, I forget what it's called. I don't. I saw it the other day. But um, that, always, that, that was a sore spot for me because I had the original Nokia, the DT22, yeah, well, that was built for the N93. Yeah. The thing was freaking awesome, and it was, it was expensive too. It was like 40 bucks. Um, and it was a pain to find. 
and but I still have it. It works awesome. I, I broke the little attachment, but the um, it had just a regular tripod screw, so you could use it for a regular camera if you wanted to, um, or you could use the little adapter, and the adapter was what made it, because then you could use that adapter on any tripod you owned. Um, it wasn't proprietary or anything like that, and. Um, there's actually mobile fun has an adapter that works with almost any phone that I've tried it with. Um, that's a lot better, but I, I just always thought that was a missed opportunity was, uh, the tripods, you know, as they're doing these awesome camera phones. Even, like even with the, the tripods, um, I find you mentioned how expensive it was and I find the most awesome things to hold your phone are always ridiculously priced. Um, I mean the pro clip that I got for my car for my N900, amazing. I love it. Like, I love ProClip. I love the fact that they make a clip for every car. I love the fact they make a phone holder for every phone. But it's expensive. It's bloody expensive. just wanted to ask you guys one more. N-Gage. I really, I really don't think that has a... I don't think it's... They, anyone has come back and tried to say, you know what, we need to make a game-centric phone. And I know you're not. I know you're referring to the service, but even then, I don't think that the Xbox Live integration of Windows Phone Seven and Game Center on the iPhone are quite the same. Well, yeah, like they're, they're, I don't think they're built around the device like like Engage was. Engage, kind of like the device was made specifically for gaming or or for that service. Where on newer devices, they're sort of like a, a bolt-on addition. And it is it is something that I'm gonna talk about further, like gaming on the mobile pla- on mobile platforms and how it different how it differs from console gaming because um a lot of people kind of mention it to me on Twitter like what do you think of the games what do you think of the games do you think that if Nintendo makes a phone or if Sony makes a PSP phone will it be successful and no. I don't think so because people who want to buy a game console want a game console. They don't sit down and wish, oh, I wish my Game Boy could make calls. They don't want to get interrupted in the middle of playing Final Fantasy. Yeah, but at the time, I think I think it was a good idea. I think, you know, if they can sort of pull those things up, they can pull off. It's not a phone. It does this primarily, mm-hmm. and you can also make phone calls if you need to. Yeah. And like, like they've done with the N900. You know, it's, it's not primarily a phone. It's an Internet tablet. But let's throw in a GSM radio in there because people don't like carrying around two different devices. And if any, if anybody could try and fail at something like that, it's definitely Nokia. Like they can, they can. Well, like I don't mean that like as a joke. I think, I think they that can, was a compliment somehow. No, like I mean they can afford <laughs> to have something bomb like that. And you know, they, they really push. And, and you know what? Engage wasn't as big of a failure as everybody seems to think. A lot of people had one. People that had I them actually, loved them. They loved them. I. Um, one of the guys from Nokia Japan sent me one, um, the original Engage, with like six or seven games or something. Right. Uh, and I've played it on a few trips since and everything. It's really good. And really good graphics and stuff, like the uh, the Tony Hawk on there. Yeah. And stuff like that. Considering how old it is, it really kind of blows your when mind. When did that come out? Like 2001 or something? Yeah. Because that came out when I was still interested in video games. That was a while ago. I came out when AT&T still carried Nokia phones. Okay. But, I mean, I'm like one of my followers, someone who's not into phones at all, someone who's just from Toronto and follows me because we're friends, she said to me, 
oh, N-Gage, I remember that. I really wanted one. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I had never they heard of one thing. until I started, until I got my Nokia phone. No, I, remember, I, never I remember when I used to like read GamePro and EGM and those magazines like that. And I remember when it came out. And I remember that like they used to like do reviews on the games. Yeah. And like I mean, it looked really cool, but they didn't sell it here. And at the at the time I wasn't really interested in cell having a cell phone. Like this was before, they used to, this was before cell phones were even like, be like everyone had one. Yeah, they used to actually sell the uh, games and systems and stuff at GameStop. Yeah. Um on the first the first engage iteration when they had the actual hardware. Right. You could buy like little game cartridges and stuff at, at GameStop, which I always thought was pretty cool. But at, with N-Gage, like it's really something I'm going to talk about it at length in future. But I don't think we've reached the point where people really want phones to be video gaming consoles. Right now, it's nice to have a good game when you have a break from something. But I don't think we've reached the point where people want to primarily worrying about how many games are available for their phone. Really, the most popular games that are on phones are the ones that are built into phones. Um, ask any black, ask any BlackBerry. Brick Breaker. What their favorite game is it's Brick Breaker. Ask anybody with the old Nokia phone what their favorite game is Snake. Um, like it's really the games that you load on the phone. Like those are like the ones that are usually the most successful. Because I always try to put my thinking into what the average person would do, and the average person doesn't really do a lot with their phones. And That's starting it, to change a little bit. I mean, when when somebody gets a, a iPhone and they're excited about their iPhone, the the app store on the iPhone is so big now that that's usually the first place they want to go. There's, they a, there's, to start a, there's a difference apps. with the iPhone as opposed to everything else. The iPhone doesn't do anything without any apps. It's not a, it's not really fun to play with unless you download apps. Yeah, it, it's very very like frustrating to use without the apps actually. There's really nothing to look at. The icons are nice to look at. <laughs> <laughs> On the new one. <laughs> no, that new one is actually very gorgeous. Then um, it needs to be said as much as as much as I knock Apple for their their phones and how they sell their phones and how they sell everything. That screen is gorgeous. Like I was saying, uh, Lenny sent in. He asked for a pros and cons breakdown of each smartphone OS and our personal preferences. We're only going to talk about five because there's really only five smartphone OSs currently available. So we got Symbian, we got Android, BlackBerry, iOS, and WebOS. Not including MIMO, Mego, um, Kalina, MIMO's kind of on the way out, Mego's on the way in. And even though Windows Phone 7 was announced this morning, we haven't really gotten a chance to play around with it, find out its nuances and everything. So, Ricky... I'm gonna say I'm gonna let you break down Symbian. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna let you break down Android. Let's do, let's let you do Android because uh, th- this will be interesting. All right. Um, I I've been enjoying Android actually. Um, probably one of the best things, and I'm gonna say um, aside from any benefits that you might get from rooting, because most people aren't gonna do that. Um, one of the best things on Android, in my opinion, is definitely the um, browser. Um, on my N97, I definitely found myself avoiding links uh, just because it was such a hassle to do the browser, and the browser never really worked right, and it just it was a terrible experience for me. Um, but I actually love 
opening the browser on my Nexus One. Um, and a large part of that is because I think more sites automatically detect Android versus automatically detecting Symbian. Uh, but it's still just an overall 10 times better experience. Um, however, one of the biggest cons of Android right now, and this drives me nuts every single day I come into this, um, the camera app blows. It's like it doesn't have very many options. And I'm talking in the stock one, not the you know, when HTC adds something or when Sim or when Samsung does something, the stock one uh, on Android is just abysmal. Um, like it has the basic functions and yes, it's usable and it takes pictures and that sort of thing. But uh, compared to Symbian or um, even I thought the Blackberry one had a little bit better features and a better experience. So that's one thing that Android really has to step up on is their Photo, photo taking, just the overall experience in general, including the actual app that you use to take photos with. Hmm. You know what? That's uh, that's pretty interesting because the the, ca- the, yeah, the camera app. I mean, when you think of smartphone platforms, you don't expect like, okay, well, we're gonna let every carrier make their own camera app. Um, it's kind of it it it, it It's kind of worrisome because, like, I mean. You can make a big. It can make give uh, some OEMs a major advantage. It could give them some major disadvantages. But if they all have to build on something that's crappy already, it, it's going to be a problem. Not to mention, on and Android manufacturers make pretty poor quality cameras. Well, HTC is definitely stepping it up, and there, the HTC camera app is actually pretty pretty nice. Um, but obviously, not every Android. You have Sense HTC. running on your uh, Nexus One. I have before. Um, none of the Sense ports really work all that great. So currently right now I'm using a Cyanogen mod. Mm. But um, I've used a couple of Sense mods, and they're okay. But um, the only reason I was using them was for the camera app. And so, But I don't actually use – I use Launcher Pro, which is a custom home screen app launcher. So I don't, even if I had since I wouldn't use that part, I would literally only use it for so the this camera. is the million-dollar question that we're going to ask you right now. What is your personal preference of OS? Hmm. Dun-dun-dun. Is this assuming that I'm taking the phone that comes with it? No. We're ta- we are, ta- if, we are if talking if strictly have... about the platform. No, no hardware, hardware whatsoever. No, just, just the platform. Just stuff. Strictly the platform, I'm going to have to say Android right now. However, I will say that I have yet to actually use... I love that he came back with a Symbian love disclaimer. <laughs> like, I love Android right now, but I'm still Symbian guru. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't... I, I, I haven't used it, so I can't really say that Android's better than it. From everything that I've read and everything, I probably would still stick with Android until Symbian 4. Mike, iOS. Um, if you're going to ask me the same question, I'm probably going to... I'm actually going to ask you about, to give me some thoughts on iOS, then I'm going to ask you your preference. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not... I'm not too into the to the iPhone. I, I know, just... but your like whole family uses them. Life uses yeah, and I tried my hardest to avoid them. <laughs> but let's. Uh... <laughs> I actually had a conversation with my brother yesterday, who just got an Evo, 
and he came from the iPhone and he just, his thoughts were he's just sick of not being able to customize what he wants to on the, on his iPhone. And he, he started to feel like it was more of a toy. What have um, I been saying for the past four years? Yeah, that's, that's what we've all been saying. <laughs> and, and you, you can't really get much done other than, I mean, it's great for consuming media, but other than that, there's not much you could do on it. You can't really personalize it as well. I mean, it's different now with iPhone four and the new iOS, but it's still not that I don't have like, I mean, you can make folders, but you can't, can you really move stuff around? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, my brother was amazed that he could, when he got his Evo, that he could assign ringtones to different contacts, which is, which is always something you know, like, like you expect. Like, I mean, basic feature phones, like, so yeah i mean i'm just if if i were to pick one i would probably agree with ricky if the hardware was out of it battery life was out of it speed everything i mean it's just nicer to look at than symbian um i don't have much experience with web os my biggest my biggest con on the iphone is just that it's it's not a smartphone <laughs> It's, no, it's, it's not. like, I mean, it's really not a smartphone. See, but with Android also, I couldn't figure out, it was probably right under my nose, I couldn't figure out how to You don't really multitask on Android. Everything just kind of stays open. That'd probably be my yeah. hardest thing, Every, is, it's, is not being able to hold Yeah, it's not really, well, the, the worst, the worst task manager is at one point. And you actually, you can press and hold the home button on Android, and you get the last six apps that you use. Uh, whether or not they're currently running isn't factored. It's just the mm-hmm. last six. Um, honestly, that was a big thing for me, and and I kind of regret admitting this, but I don't even know this anymore. Wow. Like it's easier to just press the home button and go and navigate back to whatever app I want than whereas Symbian, like I was a multitasking junkie. Yeah. Um, and after, like I said, after even a couple months of Android, you don't notice. So it does multitask, but it's not. You don't have the same control like you did with like you, you do with. You know, if you're probably using the phone a little bit different then. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, not like most people that I know with Android devices, even on my Android device, I never hold down the home button to switch. I I, I don't. I, really I, do. I like the last six apps I used is absolutely worthless to me. Even when I was using a Symbian yeah. device and I had handy task man, it gave me a little view that could show me the recent devices. And the recent the recent um, apps I've used, I never looked at that list. I never made favorites. I just need to know what's running. I need I need to know yeah. what's running and how fast you can switch between them. Like I don't really care if I recently opened the camera app. What makes you think I want to go back to the camera app? Unless I want to really take a picture. I think we're entering a phase where at the end, like maybe in a year or two, the only devices that are going to multitask are Nokia devices. It's kind of scary. That's what it's looking like. Like, I mean, over like in, in 2011, like we may not see any devices really multi, really multitask for real, except for ones made by Nokia and ones made by HP or Palm. That's, that's pretty lame. It's really lame. Especially considering we were multitasking before it, I don't want to say before we really had a name to it back on S60, but before... Before people cared, before anybody really cared about it. Before anyone, like, before the first thing that they said about a... They asked about a platform was, does it multitask? And then the second thing they asked is, do they have copy and paste? 
depending on how it's implemented though i mean i don't i don't really use my nexus any differently i still get you know if i don't have TweetDeck running in the foreground i still oh, get yeah. notified yeah, but uh, i still like i don't i don't have to worry about if it's running and i and I'm hesitant to say any of this because I was definitely a big proponent of multitasking. That was one thing I hated about Android at first. But I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing. I think in like really, really multitasking. Like, I mean, there's certain apps where they do, the full app does not need to be running. Like a Twitter app, for instance. Like I just need to know. Okay, I have new tweets. I have new mentions. I have new messages. Like so you. Well, well, that's. The- that's sort of how Android yeah, mitigates yeah, by, it by, by providing background yeah, services by, and notifications. Like but, I mean, at the same time, there are certain apps that I want running fully. And I do want control over them. Like, I want full control over these apps. Like, I want to know that I can close it. I want to know what's running. I want, I want an easy way to close it. I want an easy way to switch to it. And the N900 does this beautifully. It's going to be a little bit weird on me, go. I mean, I really don't like the whole card system of uh, Simon's favorite operating system that he's threatening threatening me about in the chat right now. That you, I want to hear Simon's thoughts on WebOS because I've never actually used it in in person. Well, Simon is has been threatening to leave uh, the MIMO community for a few days now because he's uh, he's getting a little bit fed up because he's learning out of stuff to tinker and hack. So he's thinking about going, moving on to WebOS, and he's going to share why. And he's also going to share what he's going to lose. So Simon, um, well, the reason that I was thinking of switching to WebOS is because it 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 has sort of the same open spirit of MIMO, but it also has, you know, full third-party support with applications. So it has you get some of the goods that you get with an application store or an app store or, or the Android market, you get titles from, from large companies and official support, but you still also get, you know, you get the source code to the majority of the internals of the operating system. And you can you can tweak it, you can patch it, you can hammer on it all you want. And and Palm supports this, just like Nokia supports it for, uh, for MIMO. So I think it, it brings together some of the best features of, of all the platforms out there but it also has like its downfalls and then I didn't I, I haven't switched to webOS is because of the hardware that it's running on and I know we, we didn't want to say or we didn't want to talk about what hardware we'd be using but I can't I can't go downgrade in hardware for a platform. So basically, what you're saying is your choice is still MIMO. Yeah, my choice is, is MIMO for I don't want to say for the foreseeable future, but for a, a good chunk of time for now, I'll be with my N900. Okay. I'm going to say something about BlackBerry OS. Oh. It is in, in, insanely frustrating to use. Like there's just little things, like just navigating the operating system is. It requires way too many inputs, and it hurts yes. my thumb. Like I mean, people always wonder why the track, the trackpad, or the trackball on the Blackberries keep breaking. It's because you have to use it an insane amount to do anything. It's not that Grim makes bad hardware. It's just it's not built to like you build a platform that requires you to give this hardware a serious beating. 
but the one major advantage it has over everything is it handles messaging like a pro. Doesn't matter what type of message it is, anything. If you if it involves sending or receiving messages, BlackBerry is probably where you need to be. Like if you deal with any amount of text on a regular basis and, and insane volumes, like you should have a BlackBerry. And there's like that's like there's a reason why every enterprise has a BlackBerry server. Unless you use Gmail, that was the big pressure. Well, it's it's easy to use Gmail on a BlackBerry. It's not easy to use Gmail on your computer and use a BlackBerry yes, at the same true. time. But as for my favorite platform, I I don't know. I have trouble with this. I mean, I use a little bit of all of them right now, but I like. I mean, if I have to pick from the five that we're discussing, no mm-hmm. hardware. From the five that we're discussing, I gotta say Android. Damn, I'm outnumbered on this one. Yeah, you are. Why? What are specifically why? Android, it to me, it's name one pro and one Android. Pro. It's the it's the UI for me. Um, it's really nice to use. Like, it, it, I really enjoy using it. I like the I like the home. Like, really for me, it's the home screen. It's really all about the home screen, and I can move things about, but it's still on a grid. Like. Although that 900 has like I can move anything anywhere I want, I kind of like it on the grid because when I rotate it, it still stays in kind of the same place where it knows where it needs to put it. And the account management thing, like even though I said I don't like the whole I have to sign in to my phone before I use it, just the fact that when I do sign in, it pulls all my accounts so quickly. Like I sign in with my Gmail account and I just keep adding Gmail accounts. Or And my Android device right now has three Gmail Four Gmail accounts. So it does handle multiple no, no, it, no, 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 it does handle know, accounts. Like you sign in, you sign in with one, okay. but you're always able to add more. So my gotcha. Gmail app has four email addresses going to it, like my two mobile fanatics ones and my two personal ones. What What would be your con? My con, my biggest con with Android, huh? Um, well, I wasn't done with my Pro. <laughs> uh, I did want, I did want, I did want to mention the notification bar, like. That's awesome. The only thing I don't like yeah. about it is that it doesn't clear itself. My con with Android yeah. just doesn't do enough stuff out of the box for me. Like there's just like there's always like a little app that I need to install to get some, get to do something. I mean, I would I would love to say it's like the fragmentation is a problem, but I mean that's not really the platform's problem. Like that's the problem with the manufacturers and the problem with Google. But I found like if like it is a stock Android phone without anything on it is it's it's like an iPhone it's really boring. But um, last thing we got to say is Symbian. We all know our good old friend Symbian. I know you know you have the longest history here with the the beast called Symbian. So, what's your biggest pro for Symbian? The biggest pro. Hmm. I'm going to have to say camera. And not specifically the quality, but I definitely think that the experience as a whole on Symbian is miles ahead of pretty much any other platform. That's, yeah, that's like, I wasn't even expecting you to go there with that. But now you think about it, like the camera does do a lot of stuff. It feels more like a digital camera. Right. And 
whereas everything else is very much a camera phone. Yeah, yeah, you're, uh, you're, yeah it's it's definitely everything else is definitely a phone that can take pictures. Even even the Symbian devices with crappy cameras. <laughs> you feel like you have a good Excuse camera. Me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, okay, I think we can all name at least one con that really really bothers us about. Symbian. So we're going to go this quickly. Simon. Um, a con. Come on, like quick fire. No content. Ricky. Lack of apps. Mike. That's what I said. Uh, notifications. Mine is like. that it's so hideously ugly. <laughs> See, I completely disagree. I, I do not. I do not like how it looks, but Mike, like Ricky, we will never agree on the design of everything. We will. But you you think blackberries look good? No, no. I honestly think the torch is like one of the ugliest screens I've ever seen. What? Oh, you're talking about? I'm talking about the resolution, the design of everything. Like, it's. I thought you were talking about like the actual user. Yeah, I'm talking about the user. No, 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 no. I'm getting to that. But like, even with even with a high resolution screen, BlackBerry OS six, the way everything is organized, looks awful. Like, it, it's like they just try to grab like bits and pieces from every every yes. OS, it's, and it's it, it's a terrible mashup of like. It does look very. It looks it's together. so terrible to use. Like you guys would not believe it. It's it's. <laughs> awful <laughs> i can't even i can't put it into words as like more than that but you sound like you want to throw up on the <laughs> it, no it's it's really bad it's really really bad but um out of the like if i had to rank them how they look best from best to worst i would say web os android iphone symbian then blackberry agree so, we gotta wrap this up it's getting late guys you know how to hit us up podcast at themobilefanatics.com but remember it's still not a podcast I am everything Blatz B-L-A-X-X on Twitter Mike where can they find you Mike Macias on Twitter Simon I am at uh, Simon LR on Twitter and Ricky we know where to find I am Arcadden on Twitter it's all one word no underscores no spaces None of that stuff. He is also Symbian Guru on Twitter. All one word. He hasn't gotten rid of that yet. He still does respond if you hit him up on Symbian Guru. No. Really? No, <laughs> no I don't even log into it. Really? That is disappointing. So if you if you've been getting responses, it hasn't been That funny. is really disappointing. <laughs> I am I maybe maybe well, Rita's logging in. Why would we update the Twitter feed? Uh, you just broke my heart, Ricky. I like I am so I was in such a good mood after finishing this episode and now I'm just shattered. That's all we got for this week, guys. Um, keep listening. Hey, hey, I, I will say, if it makes you feel any better, uh, I have a new project me and Rita are working on that's going to be announced on oh. Friday. You guys got the scoop nice. here. Got it here. World so this is the first time we've said anything publicly right here on on your not. That a also means I have to get this up before Friday. Yeah. <laughs> um, special thanks to Ricky. Thanks. Um, Big thanks. Hey, thanks special thanks to the again. number seven. And we're out, guys. <laughs>
Hey, don't forget to thank our viewers who helped. Oh yeah, us special out. thanks to uh, Matt, um, our listeners, Lenny, everybody else. Um, Lenny, something for us to talk about. We hope you guys keep offering us stuff to talk about. We're gonna like there's lots of new stuff coming to the site, guys. Keep reading, keep listening. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>